the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Sue Freeze coming to you from my social distance office during the COVID-19 situation, running our essential services to our customers. While we're being encouraged to keep our distance, I'll be staying away from our studios so I can do my part in keeping others and myself free from exposure. So I've handpicked some of my favorite programs to share with you during the weeks ahead. I've enjoyed hearing them again, and I'm sure you will too. Stay safe, stay well, and stay with God. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm just so blessed, so honored to be with you today. Today, we're going to be talking about trusting God when you don't understand. There's a couple things that are going on in my life, and and I like to share my stories because I feel that God is teaching me things. And sometimes I'm, and I'm sure you can relate to this at some time or another, that sometimes I just feel like, what are you doing, Lord? You know, I put my faith, I put my trust in you, but I'm really not sure of what's happening right now. I'm not sure where this is going. So if that's you, I totally get it. And man, it doesn't feel good, does it? It doesn't feel good when you don't know what's going on. I think that I like to be in control. How about you? Do you like to be in control? Do you like to know all the details so that you can decide what to do? And I know I do that. I try to get and gain as much information as I can so I can make educated decisions. I think God wants us to do that. That's why he gave us a brain and he gave us freedom of choice so we can choose freely to choose him and choose his way. And not always do we, and there's consequences for that, and it might not happen right away, but, you know, it does happen. Eventually, it does happen. So with that, I just want to say thank you so much for joining, and uh, I'm hoping that you can connect with me by going to the suefreeze.com site, suefreeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. Go there and connect with me. I want to hear from you. I want to know what's going on in your life. I think it's really important that we share our experiences with the others. That's what I'm doing. Because wouldn't you like to learn without having to go through it yourself sometimes? Do we have to learn every single lesson firsthand? I don't think so. And another thing that I'm learning, and this is a really big one for me, is asking for help. Asking for guidance, asking for help. And yes, we're supposed to do that with the Lord. But also, there's people in our lives that that maybe we think that uh, we might be embarrassed to ask the question on, you know, I'm really not sure how to do this or what to do, and, and could you help me with this? Or in your situation, what would you do in this case? All those questions, what you're doing, and this is what I'm finding, is that what you're doing is you're opening up a relationship of vulnerability, transparency, and realness. And what happens is, I don't know about you, but I think for me, if somebody asks me a question like that, I open up 
it's very um it's a safe place and it's like you want to help i think god gave us that where we desire to really help other people so understand that other people have that same desire they want to help you but if they don't know you need help like you got your act together and you got it all together and what what kind of help could i give you you might think uh it's really not a true statement because we all have something to offer each other and as we pull together and make this work together as a team, things can work so much easier. He says that the burden shall be light. Do you want your burden light? I want my burden light. I definitely want my burden light. So now I'm going to get into this article, and I definitely want to put on my headset and put on my glasses. And so here we go. Trusting God when you don't understand, and this is by Joyce Meyer, and some of you might like her, some of you might not, but even when we don't really uh, totally connect with everything that's being said, can we gain a golden nugget from that? I would say yes. There are times when I go places and I hear um, a message or a conference, and I might not agree. It might be a secular situation. I can always apply my beliefs and my faith into whatever the message is. And I think that's really important that we do that. Look for the golden nugget. I think that's my golden nugget. Look for the golden nugget. Can you think of a time when you felt like, what in the world is going on in my life? Why did that happen to me? When will I finally get what I've wanted for so long? Why, God? Why? When, God, when? If you've been alive very long, you've probably had an experience like this at some point. The truth is God loves us. He has good plans for our lives. But that doesn't mean life is always easy. We all go through difficult times and things happen that aren't fair. In fact, Jesus tells us in John 16, 33, in the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. It's so important for us to understand that this So we won't be confused and lose our faith in him when life is hard. So when you become a Christian, it doesn't mean your life is going to be easy. It doesn't. In fact, sometimes it might even be more difficult. I find that to be true. But the point is, is that you have God and you have the direction. There's right and there's wrong. And it's pretty clear. And that helps when you have decision-making The decision-making process, it helps to know that there is a right and a wrong and that you can look for the Bible. You can look to the Bible and hear the scriptures and, and know, gosh, what would God do in this situation? And it helps. It really helps. Thankfully, Jesus goes on to say, but be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. That's really That feels pretty good, doesn't it? This is amazing assurance that if we are in Christ, everything is going to work out the way it should in the end. So how do we practically live by faith? We do it by what we pray, we say, and the actions we take. It's vital for us to agree with God and his word to effectively release our faith in him. So we need to study the word to know what God's will is and many promises he made to us. Pray according to his will. Say what you believe he's promised you and take God-inspired action, doing what you know to do in every action. 
Choose to believe what the Bible says more than you believe what you feel, think, and what other people say. And remember that God is pleased by your faith. He's on your side and he wants to help you. Life isn't always fair, but God is always just. How many have lived through that? Psalm 89.14 NIV says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. God is a God of justice, and he makes wrong things right. But many times we have to go through painful circumstances we don't understand while he's working in our behalf to bring justice in our lives. Faith in God is the key to trusting him in every circumstance. Walking by faith means when there are unanswered questions, we can be okay with that because God is in control and we're determined to trust him no matter what, no matter what. God is so good and so awesome that he can take anything that is harmful or painful and turn it around for our good and the good of a lot of other people too. So whatever you're going through today, take a step of faith and pray. God, I know you love me. I trust you. My times are in your hands, and I know all things in my life will work together for good because I love you, and I'm called according to your purpose. Just ask. Ask the Lord. He desires to give us good things. Just ask. That's the answer for me today is just ask. I've taught my kids from very young You don't know if you don't ask. I've taught my employees when they're in front of a customer. You don't know if you don't ask. Ask the question. What I'm realizing now is that you need to really define what is the right question to ask. You know, if you have teenagers or young kids and you pick them up from school, I remember this. My kids are much older now. My daughter's pregnant, so, of course, she's much older now. But when I'd pick them up from school, I realized that I had to really phrase my questions to not get yes and no answers. See, you, they will be very quick to say, so how was your day today? Did you have a good day? Yes. Um, did you meet any new people or blah, blah, blah? No. So we have to remember that when we're asking the question, we don't want the yes or no answer. There are salespeople that say that you want people to just keep saying, you ask questions to where they keep saying Yes. And that's, you know, something that you do when you're selling. I just want to offer a service that's going to be something that is of need. And knowing that you can do it the best is the best sales presentation of all, right? You know you've got the best answer for their situation. So you want to ask for the service and the sale. There's no problem with that. I have employees right now that say, you know, I'm not sure I can sell. I'm I'm not sure I can sell. And I ask this question. You go to a good movie, and you like the movie. You like it a lot. What do you do? Well, you probably share it with other people. So is that sales? Could be. You're selling another ticket for that movie theater or two because you're letting them know, oh, my gosh, you have to go see this movie. So with anything that you're doing, you don't have to look at it as being a salesperson. If you have what the customer or person needs and you have the solution, then of course you want it to be you because who better than you, right? Absolutely. So just ask. Ask the Lord. He desires to give us good things. 
If Jesus Christ walked up to you and asked, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say? Do you know the answer to that? It's like, I'm going to grant you three wishes. And you hear the joke about what people ask for and how, you know, meaningless a lot of the times the three wishes are that somebody would ask. But if you dive deep, if you dive deep into your soul and you, you were asked this question, Jesus is standing in front of you right now. What do you want me to do for you? If you pause on that for a second, what would you say to Jesus as he's standing in front of you? I don't even know if I could speak. I'd be in such awe. Wow. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? But what would you say to him? You're listening to the Sue Free Show, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for K-Praise in San Diego. Thank you for listening. For uh, KUHL up in Santa Maria. For Venturians on KDAR The Word. For KKLA, of course. Orange County, L.A., San Bernardino, Riverside, and on and on. But thank you for listening. And I would like for you to connect with me by going to Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. Go there and tell me what you're thinking, how I can improve this show from your point of view. I'm interested. I want to know because I strive for better. I strive for excellence. And the only way I can do that is by asking. There you go. Just ask. I'm asking. And I want to know what you're thinking, how you're feeling, and if there's anything I can do to help you. I don't have all the answers. I'm going to tell you that up front. I don't have all the answers. But I might have somebody that does have the answer that you need. And so connect with me, I'm hoping. Matthew 20, 29, 34. I always like to bring the scriptures because I think that's where the truth lies. And I just want to share it with you because there might be a scripture that really just really gets to your heart and really gives you that encouragement, that affirmation that you need. And I want you to know where to find it in the Bible. So that's why I give you these addresses. So Matthew 20, 29 through 34. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels. Matthew's the first one. It's in the middle of the Bible if you're new to the Bible. 29. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. 30. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. 31. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. 32, Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. 33, Lord, they answered, we want our sight. We want to be able to see. We want our sight. 34, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. Isn't that an amazing story? What was up with that crowd? Why would they tell the blind men to shut up? They obviously had their reasons. But were they good reasons? My question to you is, what reasoning tells you to be quiet, to not ask for help? It's a very good question. Do you have the answer? Maybe you don't feel you deserve the help. Or perhaps you think you can handle the problem on your own. Perhaps it's the crowd saying the erroneous belief that it's the sovereignty of God and he has a reason for you being sick, out of work, lonely. Or possibly you don't think you can ask for help because you caused your problem. You've made mistakes 
in parenting, or perhaps your health is failing because you've never eaten properly, or you smoke. I think there are a slew of reasons for not asking. In fact, I'm sure one of the devil's major objectives is to keep us from asking. Don't let him win. Don't let the devil have a foothold at all. Ask. You don't know if you don't ask. And what does he say? Ask and you shall receive. Instead of listening to the crowd and shutting up, these two men yelled louder. Sometimes we all need to be bolder, firmer, and yes, louder against the voices in our heads of condemnation, pride, or public opinion. We need to simply ask with confidence that our Lord hears and cares. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the Lord hears you and that the Lord cares? In Matthew 7, 7a, Jesus tells us to ask and it will be given to you. Jesus compared our Heavenly Father with an earthly father and goes on to say, Matthew seven eleven, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Think about that for a minute, especially you that are parents. Don't you want to give your kids anything and everything they ask for and then some, especially if it's good for them? But don't you want to? Of course you do. You want to give them everything. I hear parents say, I want to give them what I never had. I want to give them what I didn't have as a child. And isn't that what we do as parents? And how much more our Heavenly Father wants to give us good gifts if we ask him. My next question was, what's good? James 4.3 says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Wrong motives. That's not good. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Wisdom. Now that's good. James 5.15 gives us two more good things to ask for. What do you think they are? What do you think? What are some good things you can ask for? How about healing? How about forgiveness? How about that? Healing is something that you really, you can buy to a certain degree, but after that, you, you can't really buy good health. We have to be thinking about our health. I'm taking a side note right now because I want you to understand this, is that I see people all the time that are suffering from this and that health-wise, and they say to me, I should have, would have, could have, taking better care of myself, but I just didn't put importance in it when I should have. I, I look at the people that smoke, and this is, con- this is not judgment. This is not condemnation. This is coming from a person who has a heart and loves you and wants to see you not smoke. They say that it takes six minutes. Every cigarette takes six minutes from your life. That might not seem like a whole lot, but if you add how many cigarettes, just do the numbers. Not to mention it makes you look older and you smell like cigarettes and it has disease, mouth disease, cancers, all kinds of things that affect you. I don't understand it. My mother was a smoker. 
I have enough secondhand smoke in me because, you know, back then they rolled up the windows and you could, you know, you could hardly see outside your window because there was so much smoke in there. And I grew up with that and I was a child with asthma. So that wasn't the best thing for me. And I know my mother didn't mean harm to me. It's just that's the way it was. My father quit smoking the day I was born and he died of lung cancer. Isn't that interesting? I find that quite weird. Anyway, so if you smoke, please do what you can to stop. There's people that love you and don't want you to leave early. They want you to stay here as long as they stay here. And, uh, you know, health. Think about what you're eating. Think about your sleep. Think about exercise. And then the forgiveness. Let's go there for a minute. There are so many of you, I know, because I was one of these. I was one of you. To where I felt unworthy to receive God's love. And some of you have heard this story before, but I'm going to say it again because I have new listeners and I, I feel that it's important. But I felt unworthy and I felt that um, how could God love me because I had made bad choices in my life and um, they were really unforgivable, the choices that I had made. And I don't want to go into detail right now because I don't need to, but I really felt that choices that I had made made it to where why would God want to love me? And it wasn't until later, later, later that the Lord intervened and put me in a place where I could get the healing I needed. And I needed to understand God's love and his forgiveness. His grace is sufficient for me and for you. And so if you are harboring unforgiveness for somebody that's trespassed against you, you're not hurting them at all. That's a newsflash maybe for some, but they probably don't even know that you have not forgiven them and you're holding this and it's creating bitterness inside of you that causes health issues, unforgiveness. What causes a true joy and a healthy life is gratitude and being freed from whatever unforgiveness you might hold. So if you don't take anything away from the Sue Free Show today but this, let me just tell you that you need to free yourself of the bondage of unforgiveness you need to forgive those that have trespassed against you. Forgive them. And the biggest one of all is the one that I struggled with was forgiving myself. Forgiving myself of what I had chose to do. Even in the moment I thought it was the right decision, later on I realized it wasn't. The damage is done. You can't turn back the hands and the clock. You can't turn back those decisions. We need to live for today, plan for tomorrow, learn from before, learn from the past. So we learn from those lessons, but we move on and we need to have his grace that is sufficient. He sent his only son to die in your place, to wash you clean, white as snow, so that you can go from this day forward clean, white as snow, freed of all of that, so that you can really do what God created for you to do in this lifetime. That's the good news, and that should put a smile on your face. But maybe you're not smiling yet because you know you have some work to do. Yes, I'm talking to you. The Lord's talking to you through me. And you have some work to do. And the work is is that you just need to let this go. And you need to say it out loud that you forgive whoever this is and whatever they did. Forgive them. They might even be dead by now. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if they're alive or dead. You need to, for you, forgive them. And then you need to forgive yourself. And once you do that, you're going to be freed from this bondage and you can move forward in 
God's gifts. You can move forward into what God has for you, and you are going to be able to use for his glory. And that is a beautiful thing, isn't it? So I'm hoping that you've heard this message, and there's more here, but I stopped here because I really want us to understand that what are we asking God for? Healing and forgiveness, two very big ones, and I'm going to stay there right now. So thank you so much for joining the first half of the show. God bless. Be a blessing. See you after the break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS. TermiteLady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Okay, so thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services, for sponsoring this show. I'm so grateful to you, and I thank you so much for uh, sponsoring the show. If you'd like to sponsor the show, I'd love to talk to you. Just go to Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, .com, and uh, connect with me, and then we can talk about it. And I can help you with advertising on the radio because I know a little bit about it, and I know the ins and outs. I can save you a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of pain, and a lot of money. So uh, just connect with me by going to Sue Freeze, spell like fries when we're dot com, and uh, we'll, talk, we'll have a conversation, okay? Uh, I've written a couple books, and I just want to share that with you. Learning to Breathe is a book about my journey with my son with asthma. And the book, people say, it's so much more than just a book about asthma. And I said, yes, I know. It is a life story and a life journey, and there's a lot of information in there. And People that have read it uh, like it, and I'm supposed to be making it an ebook. Don't know what I'm doing there, but I'm going to learn as I go. 
I have some people that are helping me um, guide me along that. And KKLA has said that I can come in here and record it in here. So it's really nice. KKLA is very supportive. Salem Communication, thank you so much for all that you do for Little Miss Sufri's. I really appreciate it. It's a wonderful thing. So the first half we were talking about um, asking, and it will be given to you. And so I'm just going to keep going with that, and um, it's really good. So we we talked about health, uh, getting health, and the two things they're asking for was health. I'm looking for where I where I left off, and I'm like, uh oh, healing and forgiveness. That's where we left off, and it's Matthew seven eleven. And the question was in the very first half was, if you're just joining with me now, is if Jesus was in front of you right now, what would you ask Jesus to do for you? If he said, what can I do for you? What would you say to him? That's a really good question, isn't it? Hebrews 4.16 tells us to approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It's not always about our tough circumstances disappearing, but it's about having divine intervention, strength, patience, peace, and love to get through them. That is so true. Think back in a time when you just felt like, oh, my word, this is way too big. I don't know how to manage this. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then you get through it and you're going, wow, okay, okay, I see. And it's pretty amazing because it gives you a new strength, a new level of understanding of what uh, you can get through. You have a new level of understanding what you can get through. And there's something about that that's very um, rewarding and full of wisdom in second corinthians twelve nine, jesus told paul my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness my power is made perfect in weakness so there's those of you that are listening right now and you're feeling weak you're feeling like i don't know i don't know i don't know what to do i don't know what to say i don't know and so you feel weak and he is saying that his grace is sufficient for you And that for my power is made perfect in weakness. When we have a need that we by our power can't control and we ask for help, that's when we get to see the power of Christ at work in us. How many of you want to see the power work in you? To see our circumstances transformed by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is a good thing. Do you want that? I do. I definitely do. As we continue reading in Matthew seven eleven about how our Father in Heaven gives good gifts to those who ask Him, I came across the next verse, which disturbed me. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Wait a minute. Where do others fit in? I thought we were talking about me. In John fifteen sixteen and 17, the same scenario takes place. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Let me ask you a question. Are there people in your life right now that are really difficult to love? That's kind of, uh, you know, rhetorical question, I think, because we all have those people that are just not easy to love. They're pains. Or they just rub you wrong or something. But he's saying to love each other. In the workplace, are there people that are just easier to get along with and then people that are just not so easy? And do you ask yourself why that is? Why is that? 
And what is God telling us to do? It's easy to love those that are easy to love, but he's asking us to love those that aren't so easy to love, isn't he? Hmm. We realized that what our Lord Jesus Christ and our Father in heaven want is for us to bear good fruit. When we're walking in the strength of our Lord, we can be his resource in taking care of others' needs. So, when we're walking in the strength of our Lord, would you say right now in your life you are walking in the strength of your Lord? And would you say that you can be his resource and you can take care of others' needs, even when your needs seem so grand? They seem so huge. But yet he still wants us to take care of others' needs. In other words, we could be his answer to their prayers. That's good fruit. Our giving can help others. Our words can encourage others. Our light can dispel darkness and help people see and know Christ. In John fifteen eleven and 12, Jesus explains, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Love each other as I have loved you. He loves us unconditionally, doesn't he? When I think about unconditional love, I think about my dogs because they love unconditionally. It doesn't matter if you forgot to feed them. It doesn't matter if you spank them. It doesn't matter if you yell at them. And they go in the corner because they know they've done something. They're not sure what, but they go in the corner and you can just see them kind of, I'm so sorry. But in the next breath, they got their tail wagging, they're licking you, and they love you. Do we have that kind of unconditional love with those that we come in contact with? We are called to love one another. Does that mean that we get walked all over, that we don't have healthy boundaries? We ha- There's a fine line there, isn't there? There's a fine line that we have to, you know, respect and be respected. But we can do that in love, can't we? Can we say, um, no, that's not okay. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Or, no, I don't think that's truth. We, we have the power in us to understand truth from lies. And we are called to live in his truth. And we are called to understand his grace. And we're called to love one another. And sometimes saying no is loving, isn't it? It's not always yes. Think about your children. No, you can't have that cotton candy. No, you can't cross the street without holding my hand. There's reasons why, and it's good, and that's love. Yes, Jesus cares about our personal needs, but he knows that when we are about loving others, We then can experience his joy. Okay. What's the difference between happy and joy? Do you know? You know, when when I was pregnant, I wanted a happy, healthy baby. And I want that for my children. I want them to have happy, healthy babies. You know, I want them to be happy and I want them to be healthy. But when I think about it right now as a grandma... I want my children to experience real joy, the true joy that only comes from knowing their Heavenly Father. I want them healthy, that's for sure. But I want them to experience the joy that only comes from loving and being loved and understanding His grace. It's a beautiful thing, and you can't buy it. 
You can't buy it. When we are caring for others, we do not stew about our problems, which, by the way, doesn't help matters anyway, does it? I think we all know people who only think about themselves. They focus on their needs and their feelings, and most of the time they are miserable. Is there somebody coming to mind right now? I know people like this. I do. So what do you do? To be a giver, a lover of others, you don't need to have a special personality, a lot of talent, or a lot of money. You just need to care and to decide to give, to decide to listen and decide to ask our Lord for help in caring for others. To decide to listen, to decide to ask our Lord for help in caring for others. I think I mentioned that I have a brand new friend, an electrician, who lives in my community, and I asked him if he could help me with my dock. And I just met him. I've only seen him twice. And we had an agreement. He was going to come down and fix the electrical in my dock. And he says, I'm sorry, I can't make my appointment today because I'm taking my wife to the doctor's. And then after that, he says, I'm sorry, but that was on a Monday or a Tuesday. And he he texted me back and he says, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be able to make the appointment on Friday because I found out that my wife has stage four cancer of her bladder and I'm lost I'm lost. I'm lost. What do you do in a situation like that? I'm lost. I reached out and I said, I don't know what you believe, but I'm going to be praying for you. And when I say I'm going to pray for you and your wife, believe that I'm praying for your wife. And he says, thank you so much for reaching out. Thank you so much for caring. I wish there were more people like you. And I'm not saying that for anything as far as me I'm just saying that you know it's not easy I I have a lot of these things going on right now and sometimes I just don't even know what to say do you know what I'm saying I don't even know what to say I mean I I just my heart I just hurt but I don't know how to put what into words I mean how do you give comfort in a time when you know it says to mourn with the mourn and and have joy with the joyous and all of those things and celebrate with the people that are celebrating but it's tough isn't it what do you say I'm not so sure sometimes. So back to where we started, two men answering the simple question that Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? Their answer, we want our need to be met. We want our sight. Jesus touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight. But the best part comes next. They followed him. The best part, the most fruitful part of our lives will come when we follow Jesus. Yes, many of our prayers will be, help me, Lord, We need his help so that we can follow in his footsteps and be his source of help for others, bearing fruit that lasts. So my final question is, what would you like God and Jesus to do for you? And go ahead and ask. Anyway, so I hope this show has been an eye-opener, not a circle around the glasses eye-opener, but an eye-opener and a heart-opener. To receive what God has for you, he's asking because he gives us freedom of choice. See, he doesn't make us robots. He doesn't say, all of you will love me and all of you will follow me. No, he wants to give you freedom of choice. He already knows your decision. He already knows what you're going to do because he knows every hair on your head. He knows every word before it's spoken. He knows every hair on your head when you're in your mother's womb. That's what it says in the Bible. So he already knows the outcome. But he so desperately wants you to choose him. He's just waiting for you if you haven't done it yet. And it's not hard. 
You just need to ask him. You need to receive what he has for you and understand that he sent his only son to die for you. When I really grasped the idea that the Lord sent his only son to die in my place, that how could I not have value with him if he would do that? He sacrificed his son for me and for you. And why would he do that if, we didn't, if he didn't place value on you? So stop right now thinking that you don't have value and that you're unworthy. That's a lie from the devil. And I, I had that for many, many years. And the day that that got removed and lifted from me was the day that I had a new set of eyes that I really saw clearly about who I was in him. And I tell you, it changes your life. It changes your life, and he wants your life to be changed right here, right now. He wants you to understand who you are through his eyes. You are victorious in Jesus' name. If you would, I would like for you to go to my website, Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. I want you to go there, and I want you to download the three pages of I Am's. And the I am's are there for you, and it's who Jesus says you are. You're the ambassador to Christ. You are victorious in Jesus' name. You are a child of God. There's three pages of these I am's. And what he wants you to do is he wants you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how you do that is you read these scriptures, three pages. And if you read them for one month, 30 days, every morning and every night, your life will change for the better because you're not going to listen to the bad you're not going to listen to what you're not you're going to listen to what you are and who you are in him see i've had people very close to me speak into my life and told me things that were not truth and for a while there i believed them and what they caused is for me to be stifled and held back from what god's purpose for my life was thank god he didn't let go of me he's not done with me yet i'm so grateful for that and he's not done with you either. He's not done with you yet. It's a journey. It's a life journey. And we're in it together. And we're called to ask him for help and ask others for help. And I'm, I'm hearing this. I'm hearing me say this because I don't have an easy time with that, asking for help. But you know what? I need help. I need help right now. And God knows what I need help in. And those that are in my circle know what I, where I need help. And I have support, and I'm thankful for that. And it's God-given support, and I'm forever humbled, and um, it just touches my heart so deeply. And you can have all this too, but you're not going to know if you don't ask, which was something my son said to me recently. He goes, you know what I learned from you, Mom? I've learned a lot of things. But one thing I've really learned is you don't know if you don't ask. And it's such a true statement. And if you teach your children this, it's going to help them too whether it's in school, whether it's anything. Just you don't know if you don't ask, and what's the worst that can happen? No? No. So? So you get a no. Big deal. In my sales team, I say every, every no you get is that much closer to a yes. So be thankful when you get the no because it's a numbers game. But you know what? Here's the good news is the Lord's not going to say no to you, and he never sleeps. He's always there for you, and he's there for you. And that's a wonderful thing. So I'm going to read out of this. Uh, Jesus calling, enjoying peace in his presence. And here we go. Worship me in the beauty of holiness. I created beauty to declare the existence of my holy being. 
a magnificent rose, a hauntingly glorious sunset, oceanic splendor. All these things were meant to proclaim my presence in the world. You know what I'm talking about, right? You see these things and you're just going, oh, my gosh, that's so the Heavenly Father is in those rays coming through the clouds. It's beautiful. All these things were meant to proclaim my presence in the world. Most people rush past these proclamations without giving them a second thought. Some people use beauty, especially feminine loveliness, to sell their products. How precious are my children who are awed by nature's beauty? This opens them up to my holy presence. Even before you knew me personally, you responded to my creation with wonder. This is a gift, and it carries responsibility with it. Declare my glorious being to the world. The whole earth is full of my radiant beauty, my glory. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. That's Psalm 29, 2. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. That's Isaiah 6, 3. So right now, I want you to do an assessment of how you're feeling and what you're thinking. And if you were going to stand in front of the Lord right now, and he was going to ask you, What can I do for you? What do you want me to do for you? What would your answer be? And think about the genie in the bottle and the three questions that you would, you know, that you get three wishes. But now let's put genie away. Let's put genie away and let's think about things from a different perspective. Let's think about things in a perspective of the Lord for eternity's sake. You were created for a specific purpose, and you need to live out that purpose that you were created for. And when you discover and when you live and walk in that, you're going to find a passion that is not easily, if not at all, able to be snuffed out. And when you come against problems and troubles and tribulations, the Lord will give you the strength to pursue and persevere, to win the race. For the prize. Where are you in this, this journey called life? Where are you in that? And what is it God wants from your life? If you were going to ask the question and you're looking at your life and you're saying, okay, Lord, what do you want from me? He's going to say, I want you to do good. I want you to fulfill needs of others. Look for opportunities to serve one another, to love one another. I want you to get to know me deeper and more I want you to have a relationship with me first I want you to put me first in all things I want you to have a grateful heart and really take time to evaluate and to look and really take in the simplest of things yesterday morning I got up super early and when I came out my front door there was a crescent moon it was so bright but it was just like a sliver of a moon And it was just so beautiful, and I just stood there for a minute in awe of just the beauty and God's creation. And then there's, like, the rain and the rainbows and just the things that nature brings. And God's in all of it. And you know that God brings people into your lives. The devil does not want you to succeed. When you are successful, everybody has their own definition of what that means. To be truly successful, the love of the Lord, uh, to have the joy of the Lord, 
those are two things, to have a life that's in balance where you have relationships of love and caring and commitment and you have um, a business or, um, you know, your passion in your work to where it's not even a job, it's not work, it's something you love doing. These are different ways of defining what success is to you. But I think in anything we need to define what that is for us and what are your goals and what are you doing, what are you doing to pave the way. In work, I have to, and, and I do this in my personal life too, and it's good, it's goal setting, setting goals, understanding what God wants from you, setting the goals in your life, and then, you know, you've got the target on that side and you've got your dart over here or your gun over here, and you're, you want to get to that target and you want to get a bullseye, correct? You want, to, you want to hit it on the mark. If you don't know where you are, and you don't know where the goal is, you're never going to know when you've arrived, and you're not going to know the path in which to get there, the path of least resistance, the straight line. So understand where you are. Identify where you are right now in all aspects of your life. Identify what the goals are that where you want to reach. And then you have to etch out step-by-step, day-by-day, little tiny baby steps of gaining momentum to get where you want to go. This is so good for everybody. It's really good. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you. Until next week. Bye-bye. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home. Your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way. And their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.